This is The Rewind from the Tufts Daily. I'm Maddie Reed. The Rewind explores a few local news stories each week. Thank you for joining us. This week, I'm joined by two Tufts Daily reporters. Daniel Weinstein reported on Karl Rove's visit to Tufts campus, and Alexander Thompson covered former Tufts students' involvement in the Epstein scandal. Let's get started. Hi, Daniel. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for coming in to be on the show. So you report that the Tisch College of Civic Life, the Office of the Provost, the Political Science Department, and the Tufts Republicans invited Karl Rove to speak at Tufts campus on September 25th. Can you give us a little background on who Karl Rove is? Karl Rove essentially has a long and decorated, albeit controversial, career as a politician, mostly a political advisor. So basically he started advising George Bush, and since then he had been working on various political campaigns. That eventually led him to be essentially what's called the architect behind George Bush's campaign. He did that for both terms. Eventually, once George Bush was elected, he served as one of his senior advisors. So he advised him on a number of issues, ranging from the war in Iraq, which is one of his most controversial positions. And he also played a big role, especially in the second campaign, getting George W. Bush reelected. So you report that Rove was met with protesters. Who were they and what were they protesting? The Left Unity Project were the ones who kind of organized a formal protest outside the event and inside the event. However, there were some other people who joined in as well. The protesters stood up interrupting both Dean Solomon and Karl Rove from their introductions, and they held up signs saying, get the f- off our campus. They continued with other slogans such as, occupation is a crime from Iraq to Palestine, referring to Rove's alleged crimes during the Iraq war. So that eventually continued for about, I would say, five minutes with various speakers interjecting and accusing Karl Rove of various injustices. Eventually, they were asked to leave by Dean Solomon. They were escorted out by the Tufts police and they very politely left In 2012, the Huffington Post ran a story on Karl Rove's visit to Tufts campus, where he was met by protesters. Were you aware of this fact, and did it influence your reporting in any way? What is interesting was, that was actually the first thing I heard about before even beginning to write this story. I heard that they did a a simulation of waterboarding in protest of Karl Rove's event, essentially because... Karl Rove supported waterboarding as a method of torturing potential terrorists. That kind of defined the event in some ways, I would say, in 2012. Tufts was definitely, I would say, prepared for that. And that definitely influenced my writing of the story and my expectations going in. So according to your article, Tisch College Dean Alan Solomon opened the discussion. What did he say? So Dean Solomon talked about the Tisch College Distinguished Speaker Series, but then also talked about Karl Rove's background and, of course, addressed the possible controversies. He addressed these controversies by saying, I know that not everyone agrees with Mr. Rove, 
but that encourages debate and he claimed that he wants to spark a fulfilling and intellectual debate on this campus and he wants students to engage with people who they might find very problematic or they might disagree with. Great, thank you. So what are some of the topics that were brought up by Rove, Solomon, or students? To start, I would like to just mention the general theme of the talk. Everybody knew in the room that there was a lot of different and conversing opinions, especially on a campus like Tufts with a lot of leftist and very progressive views, and Mr. Rove, who is very openly conservative and also older than most of us. So there was definitely that tension in the room. The general theme was, even if you disagree, it's not a bad thing. And that encourages debate. And that encourages the tough discussions necessary for growing one's mind. So this happened mainly in the talk which concerned the Iraq War. Dean Solomon promptly asked Karl Rove, what exactly happened? What was your role in the Iraq War? And Karl Rove answered that at the time, we did the best we could. We worked off of the information we had. While right now it might be viewed as controversial, we were working off of what we believe to be the truth. Rove said he visits college campuses often. Why is that? I proposed that the same question to Mr. Rove during our private interview. And he responded that while it would seem that on a campus like Tufts, everyone has the same progressive liberal views, that's not the case. And he believes there are a lot of conservatives like him who are kind of hiding under the covers and who are too scared to share their views. He wants to empower them and he wants to make sure they feel they are not alone. But in addition, he also is not only on college campuses for conservatives who don't want to speak up. He's also on college campuses to engage with students, to debate with them and to share his views, to encourage more intellectual thinking and to push students to debate with him and themselves. You quote Left Unity Project member Marley Hillman as saying, We feel that it is wrong for Tufts to bring Karl Rove to campus due to his promotion of torture, responsibility for war crimes, and espousal of racism. By inviting Rove to campus, Tisch College, the Office of the Provost, the Political Science Department, and the Tufts Republicans have all promoted his actions under the label of Distinguished Speaker. What other perspectives on the event were expressed? Jess Burns is the special project administrator for Tisch College. So her role is essentially, among many things, planning special events like this and managing the Distinguished Speaker series. So that's why she was very involved in this in bringing Rove to campus and making sure the talk ran smoothly. She was very, very pleased with how the discussion went. She believes that while Rove is unequivocally controversial, and it might have even been difficult for some students to have him here, the talk was very productive and encouraging debate, and she believes that she learned a lot and that students did as well. That was Daniel Weinstein with coverage on Carl Rove's visit to Tufts campus. Next we'll hear from Alexander Thompson, who reported on two former Tufts students' involvement in the Epstein scandal. Alexander, hi, how are you? I'm well, how are you? Good, thanks. So, you reported that two former Tufts students are embroiled in the Epstein scandal. Who are these students and what are their professional backgrounds? 
The two students are Bill Richardson, who's a graduate of Arts and Sciences in 1970, and then he went to Fletcher in 1971, and Joy Ito. Uh, who was at the college in the 1980s, but he did not graduate. He dropped out the spring before he graduated. And Bill Richardson has been cited in the deposition of one of Jeffrey Epstein's victims, Virginia Giuffre, uh, which was just unsealed recently. And what she alleges is that Jeffrey Epstein told her to have sex with Bill Richardson. And Bill Richardson is the former governor of New Mexico, the United Nations ambassador, and he was a representative from the state of New Mexico in the 80s and 90s. Joy Ito's connection is a little bit different. He was the director of MIT's Media Lab, and a story in The New Yorker and reporting by The New York Times and The Boston Globe revealed that he continued to take money from Jeffrey Epstein for the Media Lab well after it was known that Jeffrey Epstein was a pedophile. And after Ronan Farrow's article came out in The New Yorker earlier this month, Ito resigned from the lab. He had previously apologized for accepting the donations that went directly to the media lab, but when it was revealed that they had continued to work with him long after the conviction, he resigned. So how much money was involved with Ito's case? It amounted to $525,000 directly to the MIT media lab, as well as $1.2 million that went to Ito's investment funds. But what the New Yorker revealed was that Jeffrey Epstein had also helped the Media Lab acquire two sizable donations, one from an investor named Leon Black that was $5.5 million, and one from Bill Gates that was $2 million. And this all came after Mr. Epstein had been marked as disqualified by MIT, and they worked to to cover up the donations and their communications with Mr. Epstein after that point. Mm -hmm. What was Richardson's response to the allegations? So Richardson has denied uh, all allegations. And it's really important to mention that in the deposition, uh, Jufre offers no supporting evidence that Richardson was at all tied in this. And Richardson actually went to the Southern District of New York according to reporting by the Santa Fe New Mexican, and offered to help with the investigation. And the U.S. attorney for the Southern District said that the, he was not even being investigated. But what Richardson said was that he went to Epstein's New Mexico ranch one time with his wife, and Jeffrey Epstein was also present, and he did not see uh, Mr. Epstein in the, in the presence of underage girls. Right. And what did Patrick Collins, executive director of public relations at Tufts University, say about the status of Ito and Richardson's honorary degrees? So Richardson and Ito's honorary degrees are not being reviewed, according to the university. They're not being reviewed and they will not be revoked, he told us. And this comes after there was a big sort of uproar on campus about Eric Greitens' honorary degree. He's the former governor of Missouri, and a lot of students on campus, both the Tufts Dems and the Tufts Republicans, had called for his degree to be revoked after it came out that he had had untoward sexual encounters with a woman who was not his wife, and then there were campaign finance violations, but all the charges were dropped after he agreed to resign as governor. But, but this is not the first time that um, honorary degree revocation has been an issue. Mm-hmm. Those are all my questions. Was there anything that you feel that my questions didn't cover that's important to the story? 
I would just say that this comes in the larger context for all universities, whether it be MIT and Harvard, which accepted a lot of money, or Tufts, which may have been honoring these people, about the weight that universities have in our communities and who they're taking money from and who they're honoring. And it's all part of a broader reckoning uh, with the kind of power that they wield. Great. Thank you so much for being on the show, Alexander. It was great to have you. Thanks so much. Let's take a quick look at other stories that ran this week. On September 25th, Abby Gruskin reported that the associate deans of undergraduate advising have adjusted the drop and withdraw deadlines. Both deadlines have been moved up, a decision made with input from the Mental Health Task Force. Jennifer Stephen is Senior Associate Dean of Undergraduate Advising in the School of Engineering and co-chair of the Undergraduate Working Group. Stephen told The Daily in an email, quote, The intent of moving the withdrawal deadline forward is to encourage students to seek help sooner, while there are more options for completing some of their courses, and also to provide stress relief sooner. As reported by Bridget Wall, Tufts Dining and Tufts Eco Reps piloted a new takeout meal plan program this month. The program allows students to spend a predetermined amount of time in a dining hall to fill a reusable container, then take the food to eat wherever they want. The program was created with sustainability in mind. The containers are reusable and will be returned to the dining halls after use, and are intended to help students cut down on food waste. Liza Bayard is a communications specialist for Tufts Dining. Regarding the new program, Bayard told The Daily, quote, If we're able to do it, we would hope to roll that out in the next couple months. Daniel Weinstein reported this week that Nandi Bino was named the Associate Dean of Diversity and Inclusion. Bino was formerly Assistant Dean of Student Affairs. She plans to serve as a bridge between students and the Provost Cabinet, and to be a contact for anyone with concerns about diversity and inclusion. Bino will work closely with the Diversity and Inclusion Leadership Council and with the Group of Six. Bino told The Daily, quote, There is always work to be done. If there wasn't, I wouldn't need to be in a role like this, but I also see tough students as wanting to learn, engage, and understand other people's perspectives. This was The Rewind from the Tufts Daily. The Rewind is hosted by me, Maddie Reed, and Arlo Morebloom. Our executive producer is Hannah Kahn. If you like this podcast, support the Tufts Daily. You can read all of our stories at tuftsdaily.com. See you next week. <laughs>